We should be very careful about artificial intelligence. We are summoning the demon. Hey, welcome back to the Babylon Singularity Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Herter. Today, I'm uh, actually going to tackle a huge subject, and it's kind of fresh in my mind right now. So I'm not going to say that I've got a total handle on it, but I feel like I have enough of the puzzle in place to go ahead and take a run at it. And if it's just terrible, I'm just going to go ahead and delete this episode and start again tomorrow. But uh, here's hoping, praying, asking the Lord that uh, he's going to do something special in this episode. Lord, we do look to you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to open your word and to speak to us your truth and show us wonderful things, marvelous things from your word. We ask you, Father, for your spirit's presence, your nearness, and we ask you, God, that you would exalt the name of Jesus that you would expose your enemy, that we would magnify the name of Jesus, and that your wisdom would prevail over the plans and strategies of the evil one. God, let your church rise up in this hour by your spirit to respond to your word, to walk nearer to thee, O God. That is our heart. That is our prayer. That is what we're asking, God, that you would visit us in your word, in the name of Jesus. All right, not going to really spring board from a particular passage today. I want to take it from a different direction so you know my uh, moniker on this podcast, Babylon Singularity. There's two words there, Babylon. You're familiar with the word Babylon. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term singularity. It's a scientific term, and actually it's borrowed from the point in a black hole when physics is obscured, when you, the physics doesn't make sense anymore. They take that idea of a singularity and they point it forward. Futurists, futurists point this idea of a singularity and say, hey, like a guy like Ray Kurzweil, futurist thinks about technology, where it's heading, it's accelerating, it's getting smaller, it's getting faster, it's getting more invasive. We can kind of project out the trend line of where this thing is going. Um, and we can kind of tell you how much faster and smarter it's going to be. And Ray Kurzweil says, until about 2045, and then the, the rate of acceleration becomes so fast that our predictions and understanding becomes obscured. And so he, he places the year about 2045 when he says there will be a technological singularity that all the predictions, all the bets will be off because we just can't see beyond that point. Kind of like when a physicist looks into the mathematical, scientific properties of a black hole, they say we can make it makes sense up to about this point, and that's the singularity. And at that point, we have no idea what happens after that singularity. So futurists look forward, a guy like one of the primary guys, Ray Kurzweil, looks at the year 2045 and says there's, there's coming a technological singularity where technology will accelerate so quickly and things will change so rapidly that all of our predictions and what we understand about technology, it will be obscured. And a- after that point, we just have no clue so that's that's why you know, and and then I'm, the reason you know I choose this moniker Babylon Singularities because I I'm using both of those names Babylon and Singularity as pointing to the same reality, right? The Tower of Babel, which is the founding structure of the city of Babylon was humanity's attempt to transcend, to build into the heavens, to become gods, 
basically at the end of the day to take God's place, right? That's the Tower of Babel. And God says, you know, hey, we gotta, we're going to stop these guys because whatever they imagine they'll be able to do, this is only the beginning of what they'll do. It needs to be stopped. God confuses the language. But here we are some thousands of years later, and, and all, again, the, the world is beginning to become one, one in, in language through technology, one in thought through technology. And here we are, once again, just like in the ancient times, using our technology to transcend, to transcend our humanity. So this whole idea, this it's built into the moniker of this podcast, built into the moniker of my ministry, Babylon Singularity. It's the futurist, uh, the transhumanist idea of a, a time in the future, and it all is woven together with the human, the fallen human desire to transcend, to build into the heavens just like they did at the Tower of Babel. So here we are, as in the beginning, so it will be in the end, right? The things that were happening in the beginning, they have a final culmination. God finally allows the builders of Babel to have what they want. And that's what we're looking at in the future, this singularity. So that explains the moniker of this podcast. It explains the moniker of, of my ministry. And I want to, because there's so much built into this transhumanist idea. Now, when I say transhumanist, it's a, it's a modern term, um, I guess it's a it's a modification of the term um, we use for those who put kind of humanity at the highest place in creation, right? It's humanism, a an ideology that reaches back some hundreds of years, um, where the the human arts, the human pursuits. It's, it's a man-centered understanding of the world. That's humanism, that, that the most important thing, it's not God, it's not religion, it's not some external truth. Humanism says the most important thing in all of the universe is me, mankind, hu humans are the most important. So they're called humanists. And that's why they exalt all things human, because if it's, if it's made by humans, then it's the best, <laughs> right? <laughs> so lately, they, uh, in the last, I don't know, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 years, maybe more, I, I'd have to look at the, the roots of this idea, this new rising modern ideology called transhumanism. It just takes humanism, that humans are the most important, and it places the trans. Now, this doesn't mean transvestite or, or some sort of gender twisting, bending thing. No, it's trans in the sense of transcendence. And so these guys want to say that uh, these, uh, tr a transhumanist says, yes, humans are the most important thing, but we're quickly heading into a place where we are going to transcend what it means to be human via our technology. Our technology is going to set us free from biological limitations. The limitations of our own cognitive ability are going to be overcome. We're going to wire ourselves into artificial intelligence and our minds are going to be opened and uh, we're going to have access, real-time access to the entire, you know, storehouse of human knowledge. We're basically going to have a superhuman cognition. <laughs> and from this place of super intelligence, a hive intelligence where you kind of network everybody's minds together and, and it's all under the leadership of a, of a mighty godlike artificial intelligence, um, we will then be able to enter into a new era. We'll be able to leave our humanity behind and become something, we're going, we're going to change the definition of what it means to be human, right? This is the idea of transhumanism. We're going to transcend 
our biological limitations. And it sounds really cool. There's a lot of guys who are like super into this. Uh, Ray Kurzweil, I mentioned earlier, uh, another guy uh, is a huge proponent of this, actually ran for president. I don't know. I don't know who actually voted for him. I'm sure his mom did. And maybe some of his mom's friends voted for him. I I don't, there wasn't, I don't think he made a big run at, uh, you know, dethroning Donald Trump or anything. His name, you can look him up, Zoltan Istvan, right? Zoltan, I is that his real name or is that like his like transhumanist name? I I don't know how he came up with Zoltan's. <laughs> I don't want like if he actually was named that, then I shouldn't laugh. That's not nice because he didn't pick it. But if he did pick that name, Zoltan, I mean, it sounds like a bad guy from Superman. Like like Zoltan. Like does he have like a like no? He doesn't have a weird like spiky mustache and he doesn't like have doesn't wear run around with a you know red tights on like he's he's actually looks like a pretty normal guy and he actually you know i think we could probably you know get along (laughs) honestly but but whatever for whatever uh reason his name is zoltan istvan and he was uh, the leader of the transhumanist party and now i understand that like right now transhumanism doesn't seem like that big of a deal but as technology continues to increase, honestly, really the most important, influential transhuman, even though he doesn't use that name to describe himself, it's Elon Musk, right? He, he is the one pressing harder than anybody else. He is the one with the bigger vision than anyone else. He is the one with more money, resources, going into this effort than anybody else. So even though he doesn't use the title transhuman, Elon Musk absolutely is a transhumanist. That's the entire idea behind Neuralink, which is a uh, brain to internet interface that is installed and uh, plugs wires directly into the human mind, into the human brain in order that the brain can connect directly with the internet. That is clearly a transhuman idea. And Elon Musk, he frames the idea this way. He frames it. He says, hey, you know, anyone who wants, and this is a quote, anyone who wants superhuman cognition can have it, right? If you want to take this step, and, and he uses... He uses these 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 grand ideas that you know it's going to be the next step in human evolution, right? That humanity is going to take the next step. We're going to use our technology, kind of the way the builders of the Tower of Babel used their bricks and and, and architectural knowledge to build a building into the clouds. Elon Musk says, we're going to use our technology to, you know, link our brain into the cloud quite, you know, literally a cloud-based intelligence, right? It's, 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 It's very much along the same line, the same vein. And the promise is, is you will have superhuman cognition. Your biology will be unlocked it will change what it means to be human. We will cross an evolutionary threshold where we leave our humanity behind. It sounds great, doesn't it? it sounds awesome. Like this is the future of humanity. And you know, and then and then for those who don't want it, you know, unfortunately, well, you're gonna be left behind. You know, you, you know, you don't have to get it, but you're gonna be left behind. <laughs> Oh, good. I don't want to go on that ride. You enjoy... I don't want to say it that way. It's terrible. But fact is, uh, you know, in that being left behind in that sense, absolutely, I'm signing up for being left behind. I don't want to be a part of it. And here's why I don't want to be a part of 
the next quote-unquote step in the evolutionary process. Here's why. Because Elon Musk says if you take that step, that if you take this Neuralink device and let a robot drill a hole in your skull and allow a robot like a sewing machine to sew electrodes directly into your brain, you're going to have superhuman cognition. In fact, you'll be a god among men. Elon Musk promises transcendence. Elon Musk is promising with Neuralink, he is promising that you can become a god. Now, he might not be using those exact words, but that is the idea. You're going to leave your humanity behind and you're going to become a god. You're going to transcend what it means to be human. Sounds amazing. Oh, wow. The technological future of humanity sounds fantastic. Woohoo. Yay. I'm not going to be part of it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and be the first guy who raises his hand and says, I want to be left behind, please. I don't care what that means. Like, I don't care. Sorry. I'm going to go ahead and decouple myself from humanity because actually I'm going to remain a human while Elon Musk proceeds in becoming something other than a human, right? He says it's a God. You can become like a God. You're going to be a God. Oh, yay, a God. You're not going to be a human anymore. You're going to be something else. Hmm. So Elon Musk says we'll become a God. But what does God say? will be because there's a prophecy about a man. If you read in Revelation chapter 13, a man who come and mark everyone in their right hand or their forehead. A prophecy from Revelation 13 says a man is coming. He's going to show up like a savior. He's going to look like the savior of humanity. And he's going to mark the fallen in their right hand or their forehead. Oh, wow, that, that must be good, right? That must be good. I mean, if, if, if a guy's going to show up and, and be, uh, be like a, the savior of humanity and mark everybody in their right hand and their forehead, that has to be a good thing, right, God? What is, what is, that, what is that thing called when, the, when this wonderful savior type guy marks everyone in their right? What is the wonderful thing called? God says, it's called the mark of the beast. What? The beast? A wild animal? A wild, a wild animal? That doesn't sound like a god. That sounds like the opposite direction from a god. That, that doesn't sound like a step up. That sounds like a step down. We, we can't be talking about the same thing, can we? Actually, we are. We're actually talking about the same thing. It's just, oh my goodness, the package is so shiny. It looks so nice. And the promises, oh, the promises, oh, the promises are so wonderful. Oh, but a package that's so shiny and nice and the promises are so wonderful, that can't be a deception. Somebody can't be lying to me about this, can they? God says, yes, indeed, they are lying to you. When Elon Musk says you get marked in your forehead, I'll make you like a God. God says, if you let Elon Musk mark you in your forehead, you are marked with the beast. It's not divinity. It's not transcendence. It's descendants. You're descending. 
You're not transcending. You're not going up into Godhood. God says, he looks at it and says, no, no, no. You're going beast mode. You're going beast mode. This isn't evolution. This is the very opposite. This is devolving. You're not evolving. You're not using your technology to evolve. Elon Musk wants you to think that. He's deceiving you. God says he's deceiving you. The mark of the beast isn't evolving. It's devolving. So Charles Darwin, right? I don't, I'm not an expert in Charles Darwin. I probably should have did some homework before I did this podcast because it's actually kind of important, right? Like, came up with this theory, you know, some whatever, 200 years ago. Somehow this theory, he went to the Galapagos Islands and I don't know what happened. A turtle fell on his head and he had these, this epiphany that, that human beings are animals, right? That um, there's a process of evolution and that's what we're the result of billions of years of this wonderful process called evolution. So no, like, yeah, the Bible says you're, God made you, but no, that's not true, actually. Actually, there was, um, there was, there was the earth, um, then there was some water on the earth, and then there was some like pond scum type stuff on the earth, and then like a bunch of pond scum kind of like started kind of like circling around, and then lightning struck the pond scum, and a living organism came out of it. It was like a single-celled organism. And then that single cell organism that was zapped by lightning, it was all of a sudden was able to produce itself because when the lightning struck the pond scum, it didn't just create a living organism, it created a living organism that re reproduced itself. And then, and then those uh, reproducing amazingly enough pond scum, because we, we've been able to, um, we've been able to replicate this in a lab. Like all you really need to do is take some pond scum and stir it up and then then just start zapping, zapping it with electricity. And all of a sudden these single celled organisms start popping up and they start replicating themselves. It's really cool. I mean, everybody like, don't you remember being in biology science class when you were in high school, when they did the, like, how did life begin? And you just, you just go out to the pond and like, and, and, and scoop up some of the pond scum and put it in like a beaker and you, you, you shake up the beaker and then you just put some electrodes in there and you just start shocking. And then all of a sudden you look in, you look at the pond scum and you're like, oh my goodness. This is how life began. Like the, all of a sudden these single-celled organisms just start reproducing. It's amazing how that happened. And then from there, what's really crazy is that the, the organism just like, hey, I need fins to like swim around this water because, man, I'll be able to swim so much better if I have fins. And then the, the, it gets fins and then, like, then it gets like, well, I really wonder what it's like out on the, on the land because there's nothing to eat out there. But hey, like, I want to like, get some sun. So I'm going to sprout some legs and go ahead and get out there, um, and then, um, and then, then I'm not sure exactly how all the trees and flowers and everything else, but like, we're pretty sure about like the fish became a frog, and then the frog became a mouse, and then the the mouse, you know, some some mice were like, dude, I really want to fly around, so I'm gonna sprout wings. And I'm gonna fly with wings, and then there's like, oh wow, and then all these mice were flying around with wings. And then eventually there's monkeys and then the monkeys became people. And so that's, that's how we got here. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. Everything there is came because lightning struck some pond scum and look at it. It's so cool because we can, we can do it. It's science. The beautiful thing about science is you can just use your imagination and science makes it whatever you want it to be. So that's how we're here. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Thanks, Charles Darwin. So that's Charles Darwin. Now, Christians were like, 
this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But like, like you can't like, like if you think like evolution's not true, then like you're crazy. You're totally crazy. So, um, I don't, you can, oh, you believe in God, huh? <laughs> you believe in God and God's word. Wow. That's a, wow. Uh Oh, get the guys in the white coats out because this guy believes in the Bible. Wow. And obviously everybody knows that lightning struck pond scum and made everything. It's so obvious. Science says it. And it took zillions of years. And here we are. And you think it's a Bible. Wow. (laughs) So stupid. Right. So Christian's like, and so somehow this like evolutionary idea took hold. And Christians were like, you know, this is really disturbing that evolution is removing us from being uh, different than the animals, right? In the Bible, God made all the animals, and then God makes Adam, and he makes Adam in his own image. So Adam isn't like a, a monkey or uh, a raccoon or, or whatever, Adam is different. Well, what makes Adam different? I mean, is there, is there any evidence that Adam's actually different than the rest of the animals? Yeah, what it says is Adam has autonomy to choose good from evil, right? Like animals don't have this choice. They follow instinct. They're like, they're like biological robots, right? Like... A monkey is going to like go find bananas and mate and maybe go fight off some other monkeys from Canada's territory. <laughs> I don't know what monkeys do, but I can tell you one thing a monkey's not going to do. He's not going to go to the library so he can read books. A monkey's not going to be like, yo, I've got an idea. I'm going to. I'm going to read books. What do you mean? Why? We've got all this knowledge, you monkeys out there. Like, we're like f- trying to force feed these monkeys. And the only way you can actually get a monkey to do something is by, by feeding them a banana. Like, like, okay, I want you to flip through this book. Okay, the, the monkey will flip through your book, but you better feed him a banana afterwards. Because I can tell you he has no interest in your book. He is only interested in eating a banana. Why? Because the monkey is a biological robot that God has programmed to be a monkey. Monkeys are cool. They're fascinating. They could probably be your buddy and they could probably do all sorts of funny stuff. But at the end of the day, they're going to follow their instincts. They're going to do what they're trained and programmed to do. Adam had the autonomy the choice to choose good or evil. He could walk with God or he could walk away from God. A monkey doesn't have that choice. A monkey's not like in a tree going, man, I just really want to walk with God today. I just want to really know God and just worship him and love him. Man, I'm just, the God made me. Here I am in my awesome tree All of creation is declaring his glory. And I'm just really thankful to God. And I just, I'm going to sing my monkey song to God because I'm so happy. Like like monkey, the monkey will definitely never go to a library to read a book. And a monkey definitely will never have any interest in walking with God. The monkey, monkey's a robot. They're cool robots. And there's like lots of different ways a monkey can act. But at the end of the day, A monkey is a monkey. I know there's a lot of people who are like, I think we can change monkeys. I think we can like, like if we brought them in and like treat them like a human. But these are the people who end up getting attacked by the monkeys. Like eventually the monkey just like flips his lid because he's like, I am a monkey. I'm not your kid. I don't know why you want me to walk around your house in diapers. I'm a monkey. I want to be outside. I want to eat bananas. They're like, well, monkey, we're, we know better than you. 
And we really want you to be a person made in the image of God. Monkey can't do that. Monkey can't do that. In fact, I, I like this, this thought experiment. Like whenever people are like, what are you talking about? Humans are just animals, man. They just have a little bit more intelligence, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's the only difference. Just a little bit more intelligence. Mm-hmm. Only difference. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, let's say I kidnap you. This is kind of a sadistic thought experiment, but just for fun. Um, I kidnap you, right? And I, I have... <laughs> it's a terrible thought experiment. I kidnap you. I put you in my basement. But I gave you the choice. I like, like look, dude. You get, you got two choices. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're gonna be like, you're gonna be tied up in my basement and you can either, you can either face a ravenous bear, like while you're tied to your chair, or you can, um, the choice is totally yours. You can face a human, right? And so like, like for a second, you're like, oh, the human, Right, because you're like, because I know what the bear's gonna do. What's the bear gonna do? The bear's gonna maul me and eat me, and he's probably not gonna wait around. Um, he's just gonna do it because a bear doesn't like. He's not thinking about good and evil. He's not thinking about like, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. He's thinking like, what are you made out of? And when he smells you and realizes you're made out of meat, he's going to eat you because the. The bear is not made in the image of God, right? And so you go like, okay, well, wait. So we know what the bear is going to do for sure. But then you go, it's the human. Okay, but, but what kind of human? <laughs> because there's some humans that I'll go ahead. And, like if you're, if you're going to put me in, in front of, uh, you know, Joseph Mengele from the, 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 the sick Nazi doctor who's going to find a way to, you know, keep me alive while he tortures me for the next six years. I'm definitely going for the bear. Like, just give me the bear, get it over with. I'm not doing the Mangala thing. Or it could be Mother Teresa where she comes to like, what? Somebody tied you to a chair. Let's get you out of here and get you fed and taken care of and make sure you got the counseling and the support that you need, right? Like with the human, the, the whole idea as, as sadistic as that thought experiment is, is to prove the point. That humans are made in the image of God. They can choose evil or they can choose good. Adam could walk with God. That's what God designed him to do, to walk with the Lord. Adam took that choice and he walked away from the Lord. He walked away. To be made in the image of God is the gift of choice, the dignity of choosing. If you choose life, God rewards you with life. If you choose good in life, the path of God, walking with God, God will rewards you for choosing good. Now, if you choose evil, if you take a different path and decide you're not going to do the good, you're going to do the evil, then that has its own set of consequences. Right? So the evolutionists, so Christians looking at this theory of evolution rising in our time, and who would have really thought that this crazy theory would have taken hold? But here we are, boy, God bless you if you resist evolution, because if you don't think evolution is true, if you don't think pond scum was struck by lightning and created everything that there is, then boy, you're, you're just an idiot, there's really no hope for you. You're just a total idiot. Evolution has taken hold. And it's probably, the, probably the, one of the greatest deceptions. I think when we look back at human history, we're going to say the theory of evolution was one of the greatest deceptions of all time. It changed everything in people's minds because there's no longer a line between 
a human and an animal. We're just animals, right? And so now if we chase our instinct, we call it, you know, basically if we just chased evil and we excuse it as, well, we're just an animal and we're just chasing our instinct, just the same as a monkey's going after the, the banana. We know the monkey's going for, after the banana. So why shouldn't I go after what I want? In the biblical worldview, that's sin. In the evolutionary worldview, that's survival. Oh, if you're just going after what you need to survive, well, that's totally acceptable. You're just in a race, the survival of the fittest. We're all out here surviving, right? So the Christians are going, this evolutionary theory is destroying minds by destroying the line between humans and animals. So the evolutionist says, look, and, and you know, the, 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 and the, the, the great concern up to this point was how it, how it reflected our past, right? Evolution was all about the past. It was all about, we're not, we're not made in the image of God, dude. We're just, dude, you know the story. The pond scum got hit by lightning and the lightning and blah, 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 blah. And here we are. We're not made in the image of God. God has nothing to do with this. Maybe God helped every once in a while. Like, who, who knows? People have different ideas about guided evolution. I don't even care about any of that. The point is this. That it cuts us off from the divinity of our past, the, the, the divinity of our origin, that we're made in the image of God. We are given autonomy to choose the good or the evil. And evolution has changed the equation. Good old Charles Darwin came along and somehow duped the world. And now all the smartest people believe this. This is like in like their conversation all the time. Oh, of course, we're from monkeys. Like we came from monkeys. And, and so like it's, we're animals, right? This, this whole idea. And so Christians like, this is catastrophic that we're being cut off from the truth of who we are created to be, that we are of a different order than the animals. Like the Bible says, God created mankind a little bit lower than the angels. And it says that God made mankind in his image. And it says that God gave Adam the responsibility of naming the animals. So Adam was exercising his authority, his God-given authority over the animals. This was a authority structure from the Lord that Adam would rule over the animals. But here's Charles Darwin saying, rule over the animals? What are you talking about rule over the animals? We are animals. We are animals. There's no difference between, I mean, there's like one, like what genetic chromosome that this is like their favorite. Like there's like one genetic, you know, whatever chromosome that, that differentiates a human from a chimpanzee. So shit, and we're the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We're very similar. And, uh, and honestly, it's pretty humbling that God made us that close to the monkeys, but then at the same time, how does it, how does, how does that chimpanzee, like we're, how's it going building that bridge, bringing the champ, chimpanzees over to our, our level, right? Like, oh, the chimpanzees are cl so close to us. Let's, let's put diapers on them and let them in our house and treat them like our children. They won't lose their minds and attack us and bite our faces off. Oh, wait, they do attack us and bite our faces off. Oh, why? Because it's a chimpanzee. He wants to be outside eating bananas. That's why. Chimpanzee is not a person. It's an animal. Yes, it's very close. God made it very close. Why did God make humans close to chimpanzees? I don't know. Probably be like, dude, look, guys, your your frame isn't, you know, don't get, don't, don't, don't get your don't get big heads, basically. Like, stay humble. Uh, God is what who makes us important. It's not us, it's not our frame, right? It's it's we get our image, we are image bearers from God. I'm getting, getting sidetracked. So we thought the big deal, right? And when I say we, I mean Christians, Christian thought. We thought the big deal was that evolution was cutting us off from the past. That is a big deal. 
Here's the real kicker. When the devil, Charles Darwin, got everyone to believe in evolution, it wasn't the past that actually is the biggest deal of all. The much bigger deal than cutting us off from the reality of our past is deceiving us about our future. That is the much bigger lie. The much grander deception isn't the fact that we're just animals not made in the image of God, although that is catastrophic by itself. The true deception, and this is the one that we need to see coming, is as it relates to our future. And here's what I mean. Yes, Charles Darwin says we come from pond scum. Yes, chimpanzees are our closest relative. We're basically got half a step on the chimpanzees, right? I'm talking about the evolutionary scare. That, so like you look back, how it relates to the past is absolutely catastrophic. Changes everything. It says everything in the Bible is not true, right? And, you know, you're an idiot if you believe the, the, the Bible. And you're super smart. If you, if you believe pond scum was struck by lightning and made everything. So everybody knows that. So don't even question that, please. Thank you. Um, catastrophic break from the reality of our past. But even a greater deception is coming. It is setting the stage. Evolution is setting the stage for humanity to make a catastrophic mistake. And what do I mean by that? I mean, evolution, the theory of evolution, the idea of evolution is setting the table, setting the stage for transhumanism. Because the whole infrastructure of transhumanism is based on evolution, that we came from pond scum, we're evolving, we're very quickly, and then it means we're going somewhere in our future. It means we're advancing, we're getting smarter. It means we're on our way, there's a destination ahead that we are progressing, like it's progression. We're transcending, we're moving forward. We're moving upward, right? We started as pond scum and we're going to end as gods. Through our technology, we're going to end up gods. So the Charles Darwin evolutionary theory married with transhuman ideology of the future tells a single story. And that is the story of humanity that arose from pond scum and eventually becomes gods through the use of our technology. That's the story arc. So Charles Darwin, you know, Zoltan Istvan. It's hard to say that name seriously. I just, I really hope that's not like his real life. I will feel bad if like that's his actual name. I'm not going to feel bad if he made that name up for himself, though. If you made up, if you call yourself Zoltan yourself, dude, you deserve a little ridicule. I'm just putting it out there. You, you can't call yourself Zoltan and be a transhumanist. You can't. You can't do it. You can't. It's not fair to the rest of us. <laughs> Charles Darwin, Zoltan Istvan, Elon Musk. What is the story arc of humanity? Oh, that's simple. We started out as pond scum and we become gods. Oh, wow. Cool. So we become gods. That's amazing. What's this final threshold, this final barrier that we need to get through so that we can become gods? What is that? Oh, that's when, that's when you have Neuralink implanted into your brain because then your brain can merge with artificial intelligence 
and you'll have superhuman cognition. In fact, you'll really, you're going to leave what it has meant to be human behind. You're going to become something entirely different. You're going to become a god. Oh, wow. Okay, so the, the evolutionary theory married with the transhuman ideology is a very positive, wonderful story of pond scum getting struck by lightning, becoming a single-celled organism that replicates and, and, and making everything and, 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 and fish get feet and, and frogs get, become mice and wings and turn to birds and the monkeys, finally the monkeys, and then yay, humans, finally we get some humans around here. And, the, and then the humans finally figure out the technology to transcend their human biology and take their place in the clouds, to take their place among the gods. And it all becomes possible with a mark that you're marked with in your forehead that merges your brain with artificial intelligence, and then you become a god. Okay, so that's... In essence, I hope, I hope I've explained it as clearly as I possibly can. The evolutionary, the danger of the evolutionary, not just in the past, but in the future. Because here's the thing. Evolution is a deception. God does not say humanity is advancing. <laughs> God, the Bible, the word of God tells an entirely different story. God, if you read the Bible, the first pages of the Bible, and then the last pages of the Bible, it doesn't tell the story of pond scum becoming a God. It tells, well, it does tell that story just in reverse, right? It's like evolution in reverse. It's like evolution in reverse. It's not Ponscum becoming a god. It's the reverse of that. It's a god that becomes Ponscum. Unpopular idea. I know it's so unpopular. It's so negative, man. It's so negative. You make it sound like we need to be saved or something. You make it sound like we need a different king to come and rule over the earth. It's like, it's like you think we need God or something, dude. What's up with that? We don't need God. Isn't it clear? We're getting better. We were punts. Come, we're on our way to being gods. And here you are talking about humanity devolving. So depressing. Actually, it is kind of depressing. It's actually super tragic, the story the Bible tells. The Bible, you open your first, you open your Bible up. Please do. Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 tells of Adam made in the image of God, walking in perfect unity with God in bliss, paradise, to rule over the creation. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So if, if Adam is going to evolve from there, just imagine the places he'll go. Wow, it's amazing, Adam. This is so exciting. It's so exciting. Okay, then you open up to Revelation, the last few, few pages of your Bible, open up to Revelation chapter 19. And there's a great supper of God. There, an angel comes out and says, hey, it's time for the great supper of God. Oh, this is exciting, the great supper of God. This must be where evolved Adam comes and sits down with God at the table and go, God, this has been a long journey. Wow. Thousands of years. I started out as the crown of your creation and I evolved from there. I advanced. I, and I, I, I mean, it's amazing. I am sitting down at the table with you together. We're eating together because you're God and, and I am, I am an advanced evolved crown of your creation. Oh, wait, no, that's not the story. Wait, oh, what? 
oh, the, the great supper of God isn't Adam sitting down at the table with God and eating together? Well, well what is it? The great supper of God is the animals eating Adam. The animals, the birds of the air, birds of the air gather. I know you guys were out, you know, eating fish and frogs and bugs and stuff, but God has made a supper for you. Oh, yay, the birds. Hooray, God made a supper. What is it made out of? What, what, what are we eating today, God? Is this going to be some really good, fantastic bird food? Yes, best you'll ever eat. You're going to eat the carcass of fallen humanity. I gathered them all up into a field. Actually, they made war against me, and I killed them all. And now it's time for you, birds of the air, to come eat them. The great supper of God isn't Adam sitting down with God and eating. No, the great supper of God is God feeding Adam to the animals. The animals that Adam was supposed to be ruling over. The animals, he gave those birds a name. Adam named those birds. The Bible does not tell of the evolution of man. The Bible tells of the great devolving of mankind. Adam starts at the top and he ends as bird food. I know it's not popular. I know that you don't have to keep reminding me that this is a very disturbing, tragic story. I'm well aware that this is disturbing. I don't like it any more than you do, but it's the story. It's not the story. I know it's not the story of Charles Darwin and Elon Musk of us being pond scum, becoming gods. It's the opposite. It's the story of the crown of creation created in the image of God with the autonomy to choose good or evil. And through his choosing of evil, Adam continually devolves to the point where he's being eaten by the animals he named. And honestly, God gives the blueprint of Adam's devolution, his de-evolution throughout the Bible. And it's probably most clearly demonstrated in Daniel chapter 7, where Daniel receives a prophecy, a startling, epic prophecy about the human empires that would rule the earth from Nebuchadnezzar until the return of Jesus. And you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. So like human empires are going to rule over the earth until Jesus returns. Well, that's, that's great. You know, Adam ruling over the earth. That's what we're talking about, right? Adam had power. I would name the animals. God gave him authority. I mean, so these empires that are going to rule over the earth, that's a good thing. Adam's ruling the Good job, Adam. That's fantastic. We're super happy. So God, how did you describe these empires? God says, uh, they are beasts. Beasts? Wild animals? Yeah. It starts out with a lion. Ugh, lion. Like... Couldn't we like have like a dolphin or like a, since we're talking about monkeys, couldn't we like have a nice friendly monkey? No, it's a lion. Okay, well, that's not great, but could be worse. Okay, yeah, after the lion. Then there's a bear. A bear is going to rule over a bear. Okay, bear is worse than a lion, right? A bear is going to maul you. He's probably going to eat your trash. And if he can find you inside and eat you, he will. Okay. So bear's not great. I surely after the bear, it's got to be better, right? After the bear, it's God says a leopard, a, a leopard, like a leopard is a stealth killing machine. Like a lion will just kind of prance around like, 
Like, I'm the boss. Anybody want to mess with me? I'll take you out, right? A bear's just going to maul you because that's what a bear does. Now, a leopard will hunt you down. A leopard will stalk you for miles and use its intelligence to find the perfect attack spot to take you out. It is probably nature's most intelligent killing machine, I dare say. Okay, this isn't getting better, Daniel. Lion, bear, leopard, this is getting worse. This is not pond scum turning to gods. This is gods turning to pond scum. Okay, all right, lion, bear, leopard. Maybe they could be good. Maybe somehow that could be considered getting better, more advanced, maybe. What's the last one? Oh, the last one? This one's a real doozy. It's made out of metal. It's a mixture of human and machine, and it's a beast, and it's terrifying. If you saw it, it would give you nightmares. Okay. Okay, this is not getting better. This is getting worse in a big way. I mean, say what you will about maybe you think lion is better than a, or you might say a bear is better than a lion or a leopard is better than a bear. I don't know. But nobody's saying a metal, metallic, robotic freak show of a beast that destroys everything and gives you nightmares is a good thing. Nobody is saying that. This thing's getting worse. Humanity will be ruled over by these beast empires that are progressively getting worse. This isn't evolution. The Bible says no. Mankind is devolving. They're going, mankind will be ruled over these progressively uglier and nastier beasts as time goes on. Okay. So God says we're devolving. Yes. And then God says, and then in the end times, a beast will rise. And that beast will use a savior-like figure to onboard fallen humanity. To onboard, to bring them into oneness. And how will he do that? He will do it with a mark. A mark of the beast. And once fallen humans are marked, become one with the beast, when they leave their humanity behind, they think they're going to be leaving their humanity behind to become gods. They think they're going to be transcending their humanity. God says, no, they're going to become one with the beast. They are marked with the beast. It's the mark of the beast. And that is the final threshold that forever seals their fate. When God says they're not humans anymore, they have bartered the image of God for the image of the beast. They have bartered what it means to be my creation and have become something entirely different. There is no hope for them. They are changed fundamentally and forever. No chance for redemption. No hope for salvation. So when these transhuman liars are telling you you can transcend your human. You can become something bigger and better other than human. You can become a God. God says that is the threshold. That If you cross that threshold, you will not become a God. No. You're going to become an animal. You're going to become an animal. And the process of de-evolution will be completed. The merging of the brain with artificial intelligence, 
Neuralink is not the gateway to godhood. It is the final step in the de-evolution of man. That once crossed, the image of God is forever extinguished. Perdition, destruction is all that awaits. There can be no stronger warning. There can be no more obvious deception. This is the battle that looms on the horizon. And this battle has everything to do with me and you and everyone we love, the church, the lost, deceptions are in play and we're here to watch to pray to proclaim the gospel until next time that concludes this episode of Babylon's Singularity I want to thank you for tuning in if you're looking to hear more from me you can find me on Twitter as well as my website BabylonSingularity.com I've also authored a book titled Babylon available on Amazon I look forward to hearing any thoughts or feedback, comments that you may have to help me make this show better. I do hope it's a blessing to you, and I hope that you'll tune in next time to Babylon Singularity.